Hey everyone, this is Josh Brown, and you're listening to the Follow Your Soul Heart Podcast. Today's topic is one I'm super stoked about. We're talking about making a positive impact in the lives of others and what that looks like right here at Soul Heart. In fact, today I have a special guest, Lou DeBona, one of my really good friends. Lou spent 15 years in military service starting in the 70s. He's currently an independent cab driver transporting people all around the broader Phoenix area. He's a church planner with the Lighthouse Network, a business advisor to me ever since the day that we started Soul Heart. And he's also one of the few people that I'll ever call going into a dangerous situation. <laughs> so, Lou, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. That was fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lou is a very straightforward shooter guy, so don't expect long-winded conversations. But um, he's one of my dearest friends. We uh, are accountability partners. We'll dive into what that looks like here in a minute. But I thought we might start out with talking about the mission of Soul Heart and then go into you know all the things that we've done since then, how we implement it, what we're going to do in 2018. Hopefully, we'll be able to share some of the practical insights with you guys on what that looks like. So the very first thing we can start with is the mission that I kind of started with Soul Heart. I mean, we talked about, I think, before I ever started the company, but um, the mission that we have is to make a positive impact in the lives of others. So I guess our first question is, why is it important to make a positive impact in today's generation and culture, in your opinion? Well, it's needed. Without, uh, there's so much negativity out there that we need to be positive. We need to be positive for ourselves our families and for those that we affect around us. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's so much negativity out there that it's time it's tough to find people that are positive about where they're at and what they're doing. Yeah. So our goal is to is to be positive by being accountable to each other and then taking that forward. Yeah. Wherever that looks. Exactly. Yeah, I think one of the things that's brought us together was the very first. So to give you a little bit of background, I served as a youth pastor in inner city Tempe, and uh, Lou is the janitor. <laughs> and uh, I walk out one day, and, uh, you know, we'd already kind of connected before in some of the little intro meetings, but I walked outside one day, and um, we just started talking, and very quickly we were telling jokes and cutting up and having a good time, and we founded the whole relationship that we have on that, on that positive influence. Well, I think the first thing for me is, is when he sent a letter to when he became youth minister at our place that uh, in his letter Josh had put uh, what can Brown do for you so when I read that I figured yeah I would hit it, hit it off great with this guy so that was, that was a positive thing for me. Yeah yeah I mean and it's and that's the thing with positive impact in people's lives you're not having to go and like you know give them a car always or sometimes it's as simple as a smile and I know you've told me a lot of uh, instances as a cab driver of people that you've done something just to us it wouldn't mean a lot you know i mean it it means something but not like the end of the world and for them it's just like wow i can't believe a cab driver would do this like do you have any examples of of that i think you have one recently about a a lady who uh was helping transport kids or in the i don't know if it was a foster care system or something like that out of texas yeah, the incident was a, there's a lady who had a job that she transports 
children basically to detention centers, federal detention centers mm -hmm. and around the country. And this, uh, I didn't know at the time, but picked her up at the airport, took her down to federal detention center in Phoenix. <clears throat> she had a child with her. My goal is, <clears throat> is to make children happy because they see enough as it is, at least what I see. Yeah. So made her smile, had a, had a good laugh. Come to find out that this girl is taking her to her father that was in the federal detention center. And I don't know why the Lord showed me this, but he does show me some things. And um, they were going to be deported back to their country. Mm. And I thought, you know, we, we talk about being foreigners. The Lord tells us we are foreigners in the land and we're supposed to take care of them. So that opened my eyes to the idea that we need to do something. We just can't sit and watch. We need to be able to do something, mm -hmm. regardless of how small it is. We need to do something. And that was a wake-up call for me that week yeah. on not sitting back and just waiting for something to happen. We need to step out and do something. Yeah. I think that that mentality right there is what kind of defines our relationship, but just step out and do something. You know, I mean, going all the way back to, uh, for those of you that don't know my journey, I left uh, the church and ended up moving to Nashville where I worked at the YMCA. During that time, Lou uh, and his wife ended up moving for a season to Alabama and so we, he was in Alabama, I was in Tennessee, and we came together and decided to plant a church in Kentucky, <laughs> because why not? It, you know, why not be in three states every weekend? But uh, we had this crazy idea, and it actually led to um, saying, hey, how can we go impact college students? How can we make a positive impact in the lives of college students from, especially ones around the world, you know, uh, different countries that have come into the U.S., they're studying, they just, you know, want to fit in with Americans, but they don't know how, and there's not really a whole lot of avenues other than being around people that are of their own culture. But part of the reason they're here is to learn the American culture. And one of the guys we met uh, early on, he, he came over to my house, and he had never been foot, he had never stepped foot in an American church until that moment, and he'd been in America for six months, you know. And yeah, so, and, that, and we also we started that we started that in a hotel in Tennessee because no one else would give us a shot because of all the paperwork and regulations or whatever. But we started in a hotel. We got permission to start in a hotel. And for a long time, nobody was coming. So we sat around one day and decided that, okay, we just want to see one person come. Uh, prayed one Sunday. The next Sunday, somebody showed up. But we also realized that we were making an impact on people, the employees that were working at that hotel. Yeah. Just because nobody, we didn't, because we were expecting people to come to, to what we were doing at the hotel Mm -hmm. uh, we thought, well, nobody's coming, but we we soon realized that we had an impact on the employees that were there. Yeah, and that's how we met the individual who had been in the country for a while. Yeah, yeah, that didn't. Yeah, that was, that, was, uh, that. that was pretty wild when he showed up at my house, and I was like, "How many American homes have you been in?" And he was like, "None. This is the first. And in fact, he didn't know that. Um, the meal like hamburger i think we were going to cook some steak or something like that and he didn't realize it was beef and in his country his background and religion was i don't eat beef and so we switched it to chicken because we didn't <laughs> want to offend him because you have to understand and know about those things but that gave us that confidence to then go further north in kentucky and reach out to the i think it was the bcm director at the time and we started a ping pong tournament 
from an idea like that, having a mentality of the Lord laid something on our heart, which was college students were around this area and they weren't getting plugged in. And the Christian students that we knew were real focused on the Christian students. Yeah. Uh, they weren't really getting out of their comfort zone. Nobody was challenging them. And so we go to the BCM and say, hey, we want to put on a ping pong tournament um, we had done this before uh, my first church where Lou had worked as a janitor and I was a youth leader and we knew it would work. But more than that, we knew it would foster those relationships. And we had, I don't know, like 60, 70, 80 people. Yeah, we, had um, 60, we had about 60 the first time. We had about 80 the second time. Yeah. And on both occasions, there were activities scheduled by the individuals that were at the BSM. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. There was like the second uh, one. The second one they had, they had a... Uh, a movie outside the facility, and, but the uh, international students and some non-international students came to our event, ping pong tournament, and then went to the movie after we were done. Yeah, yeah. So, but the idea is reaching out, taking a step forward, and moving out with whatever idea you have, and not yeah, just exactly. doing something with it. And that's what we've always done. Is we've talked about it. We sit around. That's what we're doing right now. We sit around. We talk about an idea. And then we just we, we just let the Lord open the door, and then we move out and mm-hmm. uh, follow the lead yeah. out. Yeah, we don't wait on people. We don't wait on an organization, because as we say, or as it, it has been said, if it's the Lord's uh, will, it's His bill. So He supplies all our needs we've ever had. Yeah, and we've never we've always seen that happen. You know those instances where we're like, all right, we're gonna. In many times like that night, we didn't know how many people were com- coming, and it was as simple as knowing, all right, we're going to order X amount of pizzas, and we had just enough to feed everybody, and all the volunteers, we got to send them home with, you know, several, like, slices of pizza each or something like that, and so it gave it gave us influence, it gave college students a place to come, it gave international students a place to feel like they were welcome, loved, belong, and it was in a non-threatening environment, too which I think is a big key for anybody that's out there that's trying to find a way to impact people in their community, do it in a non-threatening environment. And you don't need an agenda. Yes. There doesn't have to be an agenda. You have an idea, move forward with the idea. There doesn't need to be agenda. You don't have to do something because you're having an event. You need to do this at the event. No. Key for us has been do the event, meet the people, build relationships. Yeah, exactly. We don't, we don't normally plan. We don't, <laughs> the only planning we do is what we're doing right here. This is how we plan. Yeah. Then we move out and find out how we get the resources together and we go do it. We don't normally say we're going to do this during the event. I don't think we've ever done that. No, no. Well, and I think when you don't have an agenda, then you can be more authentic. You mm-hmm. know, that's that's the problem that so many leaders, whether you're in business or church ministry or trying to, you know, launch something as an entrepreneur, people can tell right away if you're not being genuine, if you're being inauthentic. And so um, rather than go in with like, all right, our agenda is to see four people end up coming to the church later. You know, we, guess what? We only had one person that ever showed up to the church plant that we had. But yeah, we had 60 and then eventually 80 students that showed up to the two ping pong tournaments and that was what we were called to do at the time we we had an idea we stepped out you know our plan we formulated the practical side of the plan but you know we didn't formulate like hey i want seven individuals to convert from there over here that's going to happen naturally as long as you've got the right mentality going in which is building a relationship making an impact and giving you know ultimately giving people a safe place to come and you know, like I said, not feel threatened. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that's how it worked for us. 
So speaking of that and ideas, every year Lou and I start off the year with a 40-day fast. Um, in fact, I've got a podcast coming out pretty soon that's going to be, uh, I think the topic I, I wrote up the other day was how I fasted for 40 days and lived to tell the tale. <laughs> and uh, it's not not eating for 40 days and just drinking water, uh, but we do something that's different for 40 days, whether it's, I think one year uh, we cut something out of our lives. Yes. Other years we've added something into our lives, like spending time reading scripture every day, or uh, one year it was, um, there were 10 statements uh, from Stephen Furtick's yes. uh, Sun Stand Still book. Yes. Which, if you haven't read that, uh, whether you're in ministry or not, it's a fantastic read. But there's 10 statements in there. And so for 40 days, uh, every morning, like in the book, I think Furtick talks about, he would pray or speak those statements to him. So for 40 days, every day, those statements, first thing, waking up. And it was, you know, just some really encouraging word. This year, we started it off with sharing a Bible verse every day and just the just the verse uh, name and numbers, which means we each had to look it up. There, I didn't, we didn't want we didn't want to send a verse to each other. We wanted us to because we had to take the time to look up the verse. Yeah, which means we put us that put us in scripture. Yeah, exactly. So each day we sent each each of each other a verse that we each had to look up. Mm-hmm. And I think that you know, at first I was like, well, that's kind of cheesy. Why can't I just text the verse? Because in the Bible app, if you go there and you've ever used it, when you go and you too share a to verse, do. too easy. To it, do. it just dumps everything into the text message and, and it requires us to do work and i think that's what we need to do we need to do work if we're going to if we're going to be leaders then we need to step out and do the work ourselves we if we want people to follow us or be a leader from my experience that means you need to step out and you need to work at it yeah because it doesn't come easy being a leader no not at all <laughs> it doesn't come easy being a leader whether you start your own business whether you're in church wherever you're at you know for me a cab driver i don't want to be just a cab driver mm-hmm. i want to be the guy that when you get in my cab, you know there's a difference. Mm-hmm. So I just, and simply, Josh talked about earlier, doing something different that may be positive in somebody's life. You know, just opening the door for the person, that's a positive yeah. thing. Because they don't expect it. No. They don't expect it. And that's what I want to do. I want to be able to do something to that for that individual that that individual doesn't expect. Like when they say thank you, you're welcome. Whatever the case may be. But again, just opening a door is a positive thing for some people. Yeah. Well, and I think that's why so many leaders end up, they struggle quite a bit with trying to come up with a new idea or, a, you know, they get on that train of like every time a certain publishing company produces a new curriculum or a new event or Tony Rob, like if you're in the um, maybe non-ministry world, you're probably a big fan of like Tony Robbins and some of the gurus that are out there and they've got this training and that training. Donna Miller's got a $2,000 training, uh, some over here. You can go uh, on the ministry side to Catalyst One Days. You can hear all these great people speak, and that's good. But at the end of the day, you're the one who has to get up and do the thing that you feel called to do. And so if you're, you're feeling called to make an impact or make a difference, then it requires you to come up with your own ideas, not just rip from other people's. And then it could be as simple as that, you know. So I like that. So we've got this 40-day fast every single day. 
Uh, we, we made it. <laughs> First of all, we made it. It was hard. It seems easy. But just doing that work, looking up your buddy's verse, and then making sure that you've got one that you sent. There were nights where it was like 11.30, 11.40 at night. And it's like, man, I got to make sure I do this. It's a little tough. Uh, but went ahead and did that. There were some where I woke up early, right on cue. I shot something over, didn't get anything back for eight hours, <laughs> vice versa with Lou. He's, he's a morning guy in general, and so you give me a lot in the morning. And, you know, honestly, sometimes you just see it and you're like, yep, I need to do that. But immediately emails, social media, phone calls, business meetings, everything starts hitting the fan. And I think the 40 days makes you do it makes you do two things first it makes you um it makes you consistent mm-hmm. because you have to and when you do this with somebody else you have to because when the days when I was weak you were strong when you were weak I was strong exactly um but then the second thing is it's not just a month everybody can do something for about a month but that extra like you know 8 9 days there that's hard. Sure. Yeah. It, forces you, it forces you to do something you're not normally doing in your life. Yeah, exactly. I think so. And the other thing we've done, we've also done 40-day, uh, first of the year, 40-day, where we've done something for our family and for our wives. Hmm. Now, one time we tried to do something like, I think we tried, we wanted to give flowers to our wife every week or every couple of days, but we kind of failed on that one. We, <laughs> that kind of, we kind good of... Intentions, we, good intentions, bad execution. We, did, we, we that. So... Do we fail? Yeah, we fail all the time. Yeah. We fail all the time. But the idea is to get back up, try something else, do something else, continue forward. Yeah. You know, sometimes it doesn't work. And sometimes it's not going to work in business either. I mean, Josh has had several occasions where things didn't work out. But, you know, still get up, do the thing, do what you got to do, get out there and do it, and uh, continue down the road to where you want to be. Yeah. You know, we make plans. Do the plans always fall out or, you know, come to fruition? Not all the time, but again, we take a day at a time. Yeah. Day at a time. Uh huh. One day at a time. Well, I think the one thing that helps in what we do, it goes all the way back to the beginning. And you probably remember this, but when I took, called you and I was like, hey, I'm going to start a company. And, you know, so we laughed a little bit because <laughs> I think you thought that it was, was a joke, funny. but yeah, was <laughs> I was serious. And then I was like, well, I'm going to leave a, you know, a stable job at a hundred million dollar nonprofit. And uh, you're like, oh, you're going to leave. Like, oh, well, in that case, uh, and and what I was thinking, you know, I'm talking to Lou, and I'm thinking the first thing he's going to say is, you know, make sure your tax code's in order, make sure you got your equipment, make sure you got everything ready before you start your company. And the first thing he said was, today you need to commit that you're never going to work on a Sunday. And I was like, well, yeah, it's the day that, you know, I'm like we, we come from a faith background. And so, you know, we go through and we make sure that every week we're, you know, pretty consistent in church and ministry and life like that. But um, what I began to realize immediately when he said that is when I worked uh, at my nonprofit, I didn't like I would do, quote unquote, freelance. But technically that was work and I was working seven days a week. Yep. And the very first thing that you told me was make sure Sunday is day off no matter what. And that was, I tell you, it was hard. It's still hard, but (laughs) that's been one of the the best pieces of of advice that I've ever been given. And I think it's obviously got a spiritual aspect of, you know, the Lord created the world six days, seventh day he rested. But it also has a pretty practical aspect, which is, 
we can't just be on all the time no. because especially as men if we're on all the time then we're checking out somewhere else yep and so if we're on seven days a week then we're going to miss that time with our families with our wives with you know people that we have influence on that you know we just need to spend time mentoring you know i know you've got a bunch of grandsons that you're trying to speak life into and grandkids and uh for me i've got a couple of boys that i've been able to take hunting and you know, just teach and train on just general life stuff. And then I've got my own kids, my three and my wife and spend time with my father-in-law, making sure that I'm just staying well grounded. So like, why, like, what do you see as the value in giving that day up and uh, investing it in, you know, things like family and friendships? Well, you have to understand, first of all, we are, we, we are believers. So that you can't take that away from us. So we, everything we do is around our belief system. We don't we don't compromise that we don't we don't we don't push it we don't you know we don't that's who we are this is who we are we yeah. we sit we discuss do what we're doing right now we do this all the time yeah but you need to take time if you're a leader regardless of where you're at you need to take time because time is important for me time is the most important commodity we have yeah time you have to take time to invest in your family and especially in your wife if you're married you have to take time it, it just nothing else is going to work if you don't do that. You know, I drive a cab. I drove before. This is my second time driving. When I came back this time, I said, I'm not going to drive on Sunday. Mm-hmm. The only time I drove is New Year's Eve because it's a holiday. We're going to be honest. You're going to make money. There's nothing wrong with making money. Scripture says there's nothing wrong with making money. Yeah. That's one day out of 365. <laughs> yeah. Didn't make any money, but that's okay. My point <laughs> is you need to take time, whether you have children, grandchildren, your wife, especially your wife. If you're married, you need to invest the time. Um, and for me, that's important. So when Josh started his business, that's what I said to him. The first thing, you need to take Sundays off because if you don't, it will affect your time with your family and everything else you do. Look at the, look at uh, Chick-fil-A. They made a commitment when they first started, and they were working 70, 80 hours, 100 hours a week, but they took Sunday to downtime yeah. so that they could focus on themselves, take time for themselves because these two brothers were knocking it out. Yeah. And they make more money in six days than their competitors do in seven. <laughs> so why not use that advice? If yeah. you look at that, you don't need to reinvent the wheel. Look what they're doing and, and, and we've it's it's worked for me and Josh. It's worked for us. Mm-hmm. We've we've taken Sundays off and uh it's just been beneficial for everybody. It's beneficial for your attitude, mm, yeah. how you look at things. You get even if you, you get that time off, you get the day you spend with your family. Josh has got three kids. It's got to be big time, even though his, you know, his kids are being homeschooled. But the point is, you you take all that away and you spend time with your family. So it's important that you have to have that time. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Well, and I think it it helps you create deeper relationships with those people, oh, which you wouldn't have if you're wasting time trying to go out and make money. And, and, you, and you don't get that time back. Yeah, no. You never get the time back. Oh, yeah. It's like the other day we were talking about um, spend time versus invest time. And so many people, they talk about, oh, I'm going out and I'm going to spend time doing this, this, or this. And what I'm trying to do is change that mentality to to where am I going to invest time? If I say, well, if I'm not investing time, I'm spending time and I'd rather invest it because investments, there's a return on that. So an investment in your grandkids, there's a return on that. An investment in my kids, you know, there's a return on that in their lives. might not be my life, although I'm blessed too, but it's definitely going to be in their lives because I've noticed that with, you know, the kids that I've had around here at the house while I've ran a company versus, 
you know, Ashley and Clay, when they started their first years off, I was working, you know, 10, 12, 13, 14 hour days at the Y. So, uh, yeah, I think that's a huge, huge one right there. Big time. That's how I see it. Awesome. Well, um, one of the other things that we try to do is brainstorming, and that's kind of what we uh, have been doing recently. And so uh, several years ago, I guess it was um, – I don't think I moved out here yet or maybe shortly after I did. I can't remember exactly. But uh, we came together, and somebody had sent me this shirt in the mail, and it said, Feed One. And when I got that shirt, I was like, oh, it's a cool shirt. Uh, I think it was like maybe Convoy of Hope or somebody like that we've been affiliated with in the past. And they had sent this shirt to me. And so we're, you know, I'm wearing it. We're talking. We meet up at Denny's or something like that. Like, okay, what are, what's an idea? What are we going to do? And we knew Thanksgiving was coming up. Yes. And so we, we were like, all right, should we plan a big thing? Should we do something? And, and I looked down and I'm like, well, there's the answer. Feed one. And so we started out by saying, okay, we want to reach an apartment complex. How do we do that? Answer, feed one. And so what did we do? We went and we bought a meal. Uh-huh. If you remember, on Thanksgiving right. Day, yeah. the morning before everybody started doing everything else. And so we go, we get a giant Thanksgiving meal uh, for two, I think it was like a, a mom and a son. Yeah. And uh, that you had met or through somebody who knew somebody who knew somebody else. And they probably had a third cousin. And then <laughs> we got connected. And so we got a Thanksgiving meal. Denny's put the whole thing together yep. for us. And we took it down somewhere in inner city Phoenix, I feel like, and gave it to this family and there was actually more than just the mom and the son. So thankful, though, on Thanksgiving. And so it sparked this idea of, okay, we, we did this. We fed one. Can we feed? And I think we asked, can we feed a whole village? Yeah. And within one year of having an idea, brainstorming, talking, building relationships, we actually got to do that. And uh, what, was the, what was the whole premise of that? Do you remember? The, uh, there was a lady who worked with Well, there was a lady Catholic who made contact charities. with Catholic. I think she was working with Catholic Charities. I'm not sure. I believe so. Well, we made contact at the where we delivered the one meal. We made. I, we found out that there was a, a resource person. I don't know what her title was, but she was supposedly taking care of the needs of the people in this complex. So we made. I made contact with her. Come to find out, she had a second apartment that people needed food at so that finally that next year we fed two apartment complexes yeah. a thanksgiving meal um out of our own pocket for the most of, part for the most part i mean yeah, we basically. we had some help with lighthouse network which you're affiliated with but we had asked the lord to provide and we gave above and beyond uh ourselves and we put it all together and i think it cost us eleven hundred dollars if i remember right yeah and we fed we fed uh, one apartment had one apartment. Uh, we fed over probably 100, 120 in one apartment, and I think seventy or eighty on another apartment. So almost two hundred units, and these are so inside of each apartment is probably yeah, at least two people. Yeah, so you do the math on that one. Yeah, exactly. Now the other day, the other day idea we had at one point that we've done is, and these are this is how it all gets started. Just yeah. what we're doing right here. The only difference we're on camera now, but. We had an idea of everybody needs toilet paper and uh, paper towels. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> so we came up with the idea: of what if we what if we gave paper towels and toilet paper to an apartment complex? Well, there's an apartment complex that our church was involved in for some time, so it had I think 75 apartments in it. So we just 
went to Costco or not Costco Sam's Club and said, "Hey, what's the cost on a?" Uh, it's like a pallet of pallet of toilet paper <laughs> and a pallet of paper towels. And we just delivered one day. We got I rented a truck. We picked it up. I think it was about nine hundred bucks total. Yeah. They gave us two pallets. We went to the apartment complex and we went down, and passed it out. out. So we, what did we call it? Uh, we call it. Uh, we're going to TP an apartment complex. There you go. And TP standing for toilet paper and paper, paper towels. towels. So, <laughs> and what was really cool about that thing is we do this, and then um, Lou was on the evangelism group of uh, the local like association of his church, like a church network kind of group. And so we wrote a blog about it. We wrote about, you know, pictures, did the whole thing. And an author picked it up out of Florida. Something like that, um, yeah. Who had written a book on practical ways that you can love your neighbor. And when they picked it up, they ended up writing about us <laughs> and saying, this is an example of a practical way to love your neighbor. And it fit with our mission and soul heart. We had just kind of gotten off the ground. We we're already doing these things. And it was, you might say, okay, that was a service project, but we made a positive impact in the lives of others because those people, regardless of whether they said it or not, Everybody needs a basic necessity of toilet paper and paper towels. I don't care where you, <laughs> don't care where you are, yeah. who you're everybody from. Needs that. Even, yeah. even your individual homes need that. Yeah. Um, as you can tell or as you already know that I'm a vet, so that's a key for me. That's one of the things I try to reach out to. And what I'm going to be doing here in the next couple of weeks is having a breakfast for vets where I live. So that's right. We're going to be doing that on April seventh. We're going to have a breakfast for vets, and then what we're going to do is uh, we are going to what we'd like to do. One of our ideas we came up with because I'm a vet is a lot of vets don't have recordings or history or copies or mm. they don't talk about their experience. So what we want to do, me and Josh, since Josh knows how to do all this type of stuff, <laughs> I'm not even not even close. My grandchildren show me how to use my stuff, but we want to make recordings of. The stories, if the veterans are willing to do that, tell their stories, and then we want to give a copy to their families, to the vet, no charge, no mm -hmm. charge. It's not expensive to do this, really. Yeah. So that's hopefully on April seventh, we'll get some guys that maybe will tell want to tell a story. If they don't, that's fine too. We don't. Yeah. You know, just an idea we're throwing out there and see what happens. Yeah. Basically, that's what we do, don't we? Yeah. We just throw them out. And, and honestly, that's that's one of the overrated parts of, like, being a leader, I think. Everybody looks at, you know, the big to-do guys and says, well, everything they do is gold. Every time they step out, you know, the millions come and all of that. But but that doesn't always happen. And, in fact, they probably started at lower levels. And, frankly, I don't know that I want the fame that comes along with that kind Not of aspect. I want to be able to know that everything I do makes an impact on someone's lives. And so veterans, obviously, a huge community, huge need. Um, a lot of these vets have stories that need to be told. We want to share those stories, tell those stories. We want to see are there any faith implications that we can use because that's a part of our story. Yep. And, and, honestly, a lot of their families probably don't give them the respect they deserve. You know, and um, so we want to be able to help the next generation hear those stories. Definitely. And maybe maybe this works, maybe it doesn't, but you don't know until you go out and you try. And I think that's what we've seen is when you experiment, you get results that tell you 
this worked or this didn't work. That's correct. You know, That's we right. planted a church and we had one visitor that came. We reached the hotel staff, but we didn't have tons of people coming. And that's okay. That worked for what we needed it to do at the time. But it, do, it doesn't exist anymore because we moved away. We've kind of come together in Arizona now. And so um, you don't have to just have a dream, accomplish the first part of the dream. It doesn't go further and then you give up. Yeah, it's exactly. never giving up. No. Yeah. I don't think we've ever given up. Not at all. Not it's, at all. But we've it's had, recognizing. We've had, well, we've had seasons where, and we don't agree on everything, too. That's the other thing, Josh and I. I mean, I'm, yeah. you know, we don't agree on everything. And sometimes we don't, uh, we, we separate for a little bit and just, you know, do our own thing for a while. And then we come back together because the Lord brings us back together because he wants something accomplished. Yeah. So just because you're a leader and you don't agree with the people around you or, even your, if you have a good friend or accountability partner, you know, you don't have to agree on everything. Who says you have to agree on anything? You, you know, so you just, no. when you come together, you, you just work with where you're at and what you got. Yeah. Well, and you can come together and create an idea. And then like we've, like last year, I think it was, we were sitting around and you came up with 13 different ministry ideas. I was looking at my business saying, heck no, I can't do 13 different things. You know, <laughs> you probably say not now, but <laughs> at the time though, that was your heart, your passion. And I said, man, I'm going to pray for you. Love you. Go for it. I'll only be involved on this one idea. Yeah. That's all that I could give involvement to. And I, mean, we, and I think we, the other thing you caught up as being a leader is everybody, some people think that you have to have followers. I don't believe that. I don't buy that. I think if you're a leader and you're in a position where you're, you need to lead and you, you're supposed to lead, then you need to lead. You need to step out. Yeah. Okay? And so uh, and, and if the Lord, again, we talk about, you know, the Lord having getting all the credit. We don't, I don't want any credit. We just, we just lead and do what we think we should be doing. Uh, then you need to just step out and do it uh, because the Lord will give you the resources on your own. <laughs> yeah. He will give you the resources on your own to take it, whether it's mentoring somebody, whether it's, you know, mentoring a business partner or a friend or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, it only takes one. Yeah. It only well, takes it, one. And it, it has to start with one, yeah. too. You know, that's what we've learned in all of this. And I think, you know, last year is a great example. Right when I first moved to Arizona, I left a lot of friendships out of Nashville, uh, come out to Phoenix area. We're living on the east side, so we're kind of far out of the city. All of my client relationships are downtown Phoenix, but I don't go down there all the time since I work out here in about 55 miles away or something. And um, But I was praying, and I was talking to Lou about it, of I want to have an influence on somebody's life in a mentoring kind of capacity but not in a selfish way like i just knew that because i've started a company because i'm doing this thing because i've created follow your soul heart that i knew that there was someone out there particularly a teenager um, who needed to hear what i had to say and we call it coming to the table um, and so I, there, there was some boy out there who needed to come to the table to hear uh, my heart, my vision, and to have somebody that would listen. You know, I think that's a big key. And so, um, you know, Matthew, yeah. um, he's been kind of a really solid friend of mine. He's a, uh, about to graduate high school. And the mature and the wisdom from this kid, the ability to go out and have a great conversation with you on a spiritual topic, 
on a business topic, even though he doesn't have a business, he's only worked a few jobs in his life. I grew up on a farm, so I knew how to drive a stick at nine years old. You know, I, I had a pretty hard work ethic early on in life. And, and I think some of the kids here that I know don't have that in, built into and ingrained in their life yet. And so it's been a great relationship for that because I'm recognizing having a positive impact in somebody's life comes from you investing in that person's life. Exactly. And that positive impact, really, at the end of the day, it, it's kind of like, have you seen the movie, I think it was Hitch before with Will Smith, um, and uh, what's uh, I can't remember the other guy's name, Kevin James maybe, I think was who it was, and um, Will Smith was going around trying to tell him all the things to do yeah. in a date scenario yeah. to land the girl, right. and, the, uh, and he never does the thing. Like, he never does it. It just never happens for him, <laughs> and so he's going out, and he's giving all this different advice, and he's not following, like, nobody's following the advice to the T, but it's still working out, and so he tries to do it himself, and it just doesn't work out he gets stung by a bee at one point swells up all this kind of stuff but but what mattered was that he was he was trying and he had a vision for where he wanted to go and he was pushing for it um, I knew that I wanted to have an impact when Matthew and I got together we met the first time there was some kind of that bond where you just know this person uh, like they're we're gonna be close yeah and so it turned into a hunting relationship it turned into uh, being able to have lots of conversations and this past week he called me talking about his hopes and dreams in college and beyond and I got to speak life into somebody because I've been there and I've done it and kind of probably in the same way that you've done that with me through the years <laughs> from everything from marriage counseling to <laughs> to uh, just life and business and holding me accountable when I get in that rut of like, oh man, is this, you know, is this all there is or is there more to what I'm trying to do? And, you know, you can just be that dose of reality uh, that I and need. It works both ways. Just because one is older, it, one one person is older than another mm-hmm. person, make, has age has nothing to do with, uh, mm-hmm. with advice, with counsel, with uh, anything. You know, soul heart is about you. What's your soul? What's your passion? What wakes you up in the morning? We've heard that expression before, but the yeah. idea is. You move forward with it. You don't. Yeah. You don't listen to other people putting you down. You find somebody that's positive, or you just step out and do it. I mean, yeah. there's a there's a song Matthew West came out with a couple of years that talks about, um, you know, um, just just basically doing it. You know, who's going to do it? Who's going to do it? Everything you see out there in the world today that's that's negative or needs something needs to get done don't wait on somebody else to do it. If you have the ability to do something about something, then you need to stay, take the step out and do it. Yeah, yeah. You need to take the step out. And I think that's what leadership is about. Leadership is leading. It's leading. There are mm-hmm. good leaders and there are bad leaders. Don't get me wrong. There's all kinds of leaders. But a good leader, first of all, doesn't ask somebody to do that, something they're not willing to do. <laughs> yeah. You, if you're a leader, you got to do it. Yeah. You've got to get out there and do it. And if you want people to follow you, then you have to do it. Yeah. Because if you tell people to do it, I mean, the military is good in that. They tell you what to do, which is okay. They're supposed to. You're training. You have to be told this is what you need to do. But when you, when you lead, you should lead. There should be no question. If you make a decision, you have something that you want to accomplish, you have a passion that you want to accomplish something and go do it. I think that's what soul heart's all about. What's on your soul, you know you want to do something. You don't see anybody else doing it, or you do see other people do it. You want to join them, step out and join them. Hmm. 
You don't have to do it by yourself. No. But you can. If there's something that you see that nobody else is doing and you can make an impact on somebody's life by what you can do, step out and do it. That's what Josh and I've done. We have done for yeah, long, long time. Long, <laughs> 12 long time, years. 12 years, I guess. You know? Yeah. And Josh is a millennial and I'm a baby boomer. So in reality, we shouldn't be together. No. No. Millennials and baby boomers don't really have a lot in common. Well, we crashed that part of the deal. Yeah. And Josh has been an inspiration to me because of some of the ideas he's come up that I haven't thought about. And, you know, who thought that a millennial and a baby boomer would come together and start what we, some of the things we've done, like we've talked about, reaching out to international students, starting a church. Uh, and don't get discouraged. No. And, again, that has to do with our faith base. I yeah. think being in Scripture every year, I think the 40-day challenge that we do every year is part of why we can sit around and brainstorm and step out on some of the things that we do. Yeah. yeah well, and know. not doing it solo. You know, if yeah. I was trying to do it all on my own, you're going to crash and burn, burn out, whatever. But having someone in your life that you can be an accountability partner with. And when I say accountability, I don't mean somebody who just nods their head yes every time you have an idea. I mean somebody who's going to say, is that what you're really supposed to do? You know, somebody who's going to get up in your face <laughs> if you're messing up, somebody who's going to give you the call at midnight to check on you if you're doing something you shouldn't be doing. Like, accountability runs deep. And I think you need somebody who can do that and be a partner with you in crime. You know, like somebody who can... Yeah, um, if you're starting to go down the wrong road, you can have a conversation with that individual and say, okay, I see I'm going down this way. You need to help me turn it around and go the direction I'm supposed to be in. Yeah. That's well, accountability. Exactly. And if you're starting to do something that deviates from the mission, which is to make a positive impact in others, if all of a sudden it becomes about yourself or, you know, in the soul hard world, I'm able to see that there's big money involved there's big, big money. And thankfully, in the scriptural aspect of my upbringing, it said, you know, you can't serve both God and money. You know, you can't put money on a pedestal. And even though you want to provide for your family, take care of them, that can't be your focus. You have to have the faith that it's going to happen, the faith that, it, you know, God's going to bless you with it by doing the work that you're called to do. An, exa- um, an example of having faith is, you know, driving a cab. You don't know where your money's I don't know where my money's coming. Mm-hmm. I have no control over that. So I have to let the Lord know, okay, you need to, you need to provide for me. Here's what I need. Yeah. I need this daily. I need this weekly. I, need, I mean... So stepping into that cab in the morning or when I start work, it's not up to me where it comes from. No. I have no control over that. No. So there's a lot of things we don't have control over. So you, <laughs> to, you need to know that and you need to live your life daily and, you know, accomplish what you want to accomplish. Yeah. Well, and that takes us back to what we're going to be doing in April, which is a veterans breakfast where we don't have control over the outcome. We don't have control over who shows up. Nope. You I, know? Don't ha- I have no clue how many people are going to show up. And that's not what it's about anyway, regardless of how many show up. If the Lord left the 99 to go after one, then who's, who am I? Yeah. Why should I sit around and worry about who's going to be there? <laughs> I think that's one of the problems. We as leader, if you're a leader or, what, or if you're going to step out, you sit around and worry about, well, what's going to happen if nobody shows or if one person, who cares? The point is, the whole point of Soul Heart, the whole point is to step out. Yeah. That's the whole point. <laughs> Leadership is stepping out uh-huh. and making making a difference somewhere, regardless, yeah. of, even if it's not in somebody's life, just making a difference for you because you've never done that before. <laughs> yeah. The key is for you to 
to lead, to do something that's a positive influence, even in your own life. Forget about your family if you're not married. It doesn't matter. The positive, in, positive impact it has on you as an individual. Mm. Mm. Yeah. That's the key for me, uh-huh. being positive regardless of what just stepping out being positive about Oh, well, just, I mean, you know, I go back to when I first decided with Laura, my wife, I, I was like, hey, um, I think we need to, I, I'm supposed to start a company. <laughs> and, and it took a while to convince her that this was a legit, <laughs> not just one of my crazy ideas that I'd had before, but um, in that very, in that very beginning, you know, I knew what I wanted to do. But that wasn't easy to leave everything behind. I had a stable job. I had just gotten a promotion earlier in the year uh, at the YMCA in Nashville. They were a $100 million nonprofit, tons of growth opportunities. I actually had two different companies the, the month before offer me jobs, both in Nashville and another one in Denver for a ministry that I actually now work for as one of my clients. <laughs> and all of this was happening and going on. And through it all, it was like, okay, um, I want to make this impact. I want to, you know, be able to have a broader impact, a bigger impact. I want to take positivity, get it out in the world through what I do in design and development. And I didn't even have great skills back then. Probably someone would say I still don't. But, <laughs> you know, we, we decided to step out. And it took leaving everything behind to do it. I had to go in and resign a job, a stable job, when my wife stayed at home with our kids. We had three kids. She was a stay-at-home mom, you know. And, yeah, she could have gone and gotten a job if worse had come to worse. But the point is you have to get out of your comfort zone sure. if you want to make an impact and be a leader. And yeah. that's gonna, you're going to be required to do that almost every single day. Exactly. You're going to have to, that's right. You you will have to make decisions every day that are going to come out of your comfort zone. If you're going to be leading, if you're going to make an impact on somebody's life or your own, you're going to have to make some decisions. And, you know, Josh's example of him starting a business, you may not be there where you're going to start a business, but, you're, but you need to do something. You need to make a decision. And maybe that is staying in your job, and that's fine. But yeah. the idea is, so hard is, is stepping out and making a decision that you want to do and make an impact somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. So if it's starting a side gig or side ministry or going and meeting, meeting at a coffee shop once a week with a group of guys and mentoring, or, you know, we've had so many ideas through the years. If it's a breakfast, if it's a lunch, if it's a a dinner, I mean, we used to meet with college students at Fuddruckers every Tuesday night and just sit and have conversation and enjoy time with them. And then those would then, those kind of moments would open up into either mentoring relationships and one-on-one or on the faith side, you know, being able to talk about spiritual matters and um, what the purpose of life is and um, on the practical side, what, what your purpose is, you know, like what what your purpose as an individual speaking into other people's lives is. And I think it helped me because self-awareness, that, that's so huge, but I wasn't very self-aware early on. And so I've grown into that over time by putting myself out there more and more and more And I think when we come together, like I'll be a little kind of nervous about putting myself out there. But when we come together, we feed off each other's energy. And all of a sudden, I'm committed to doing something I never (laughs) would have on my own. So, (laughs) Yeah, and the other thing I think you need to realize, too, is not everything's going to last or go as long as you think it might go. Hmm. You may think something, you may think you want something to go several months or years, but that's not always the case. It may only be for a couple of weeks. It may be for a month. 
you know, your idea may, may only last a, a certain season or a time, fine. Once that's done, once you realize that, okay, we've done all we can do, you move to the next thing. Yeah. You move to the next idea. Don't don't stop because this didn't go as long as you think yeah. it did. I mean, our, our, our church we started in Kentucky, it, it went for a season, okay? We knew it was time. Okay, we moved to something else. I moved away, actually, but my point is it, it may only last for a season. It may only last for a certain amount of time. Uh, and that that's fine. That means it was only supposed to last for that long. Yeah. So now you move to the next idea. The idea, I think that's why we brainstorm. We sit and talk because as we talk, we come up with ideas. The Lord puts ideas in our head or, or an event or something, and then we move out with that. Yeah. And that's what we do. Like the second the idea is there, there's no more like considering it, thinking about it. It's like, okay, this is the good, like this is where we want to go. Boom, let's roll. Now, if we had a ton of staff underneath us or things of that nature at this point, then we would probably brainstorm it in a better, like in a more unique, more sure. involved context but it would still be the same process which is sit down with friends just talking dreaming thinking through and then come up with something and i like starbucks is like our venue usually (laughs) you know starbucks or a late night phone call (laughs) one or the other i'll be walking outside and my neighbors are wondering what in the world's that guy yelling about and uh standing outside of qt having a conversation (laughs) with josh and people want to know why i'm Standing outside of QT talking, having a conversation for 30 minutes. But that's how it happens. Yeah. That's how it happens. So I think it just shows, like, when you're in constant communication, you're spending time building relationships with others, and your focus is on making a positive impact, then you're going to be successful in everything that you do. If you take some of those practical tips that we talked about and do that, I think, uh, you know, it's just going to help you be a better leader, run a better business, be a better church planner, uh, a better, you know, just employee if you're at a job working for other people. I think just overall your life is going to have so much more meaning. And that's why we decided in Soul Heart that to make a positive impact on the lives of others is going to be the essential core mission that we have moving forward. So. And, and I hope we do this. We're going to do this more often. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. And, and, then, and the next time, the next sometimes when we do this, there not be may not be an agenda, because Josh and I sit around and talk. We just may just break this out and just have conversation, yeah. <laughs> and it may not go anywhere. It may go somewhere, and you may not understand it. That's not the point. The point is, is two individuals who have come together, and and just hashing stuff out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think as we do it, we've recognized that's why we wanted to do a podcast and why I wanted to bring Lou on the podcast because when we come together, I have some of the most tweetable one-liners ever. <laughs> and then afterwards, I can't remember any of them, you know. So, <laughs> Or we'll come together, we'll have the most brilliant idea, and then we just leave and we're like, hey, what was that idea again? Because I forgot to write it down. And so it just shows when you're going off the cuff, when you're going with, you know, we know we're coming together to have a conversation but it leads to so many different things and I value that and I think that's why uh, we've been successful in, in our own businesses and in life and marriage and ministry and all kinds of other areas so there it is there it is brother, there it is, brother. <laughs> well uh, I just want to say to everybody that's listened this far thanks so much for your attention as always you can email me josh at soulheart.co check out the podcast check out the other episodes uh, I think eventually if we can get some of these videos recorded too we're going to launch it out on YouTube so you can see <laughs> unfortunately I think the camera quit in the middle of this one 
<laughs> so you never know what you're going to get. But this has been another episode of the Follow Your Soul Heart Podcast. Yeah.